What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, I've got, I'm going to call you an OG, because of the conversation we had, like a Charleston Fitness OG, right? Because you know all the OGs, you've been around for a long time, and... Yeah, I've got Bo with me. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Bo Taylor. Um, I've been in the fitness industry for 20 plus years um, doing personal training. Um, I've trained people for fitness shows. Um, I've competed myself. I was a college swimmer. Um, done a little bit of everything. Uh, on the other side of that that we didn't talk about, um, I've also struggled with weight and gone to ups and downs. So I've always said my perspective for people is that I get it. Like I've been an athlete. I've also been overweight. So I've seen both struggles and gone the ups and downs. Yeah. I'm such a big fan of that. I tell this story often is that if I would have not been a physical therapist or been in the health industry, I probably would have been crazy because I get injured quite a bit and I almost can relate to almost every injury because I've had one. Right. Right. You know, and like the current state of our healthcare system People are used to my rants by now, but like I probably would have been trapped and had multiple surgeries and like all this stuff if I would have not known that, hey, conservatively, I had back pain for six months. It went away totally on its own just by modifying activity and and working out where I can and totally went away. There's so many people. It's been kind of one of those weeks for me where like I've just seen so many people get literally trapped in the healthcare model and going down this road that just – it gets ugly sometimes. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's being good. Be able to relate is pretty awesome. Oh, I think like there's multiple ways to get after something, but be able to re- relate is yeah. awesome. You know, um, have you heard about that guy? God, what was his like fit to fat and fat to fit? So okay. there's this huge, I don't know what, like social media thing where he literally was this really good looking dude, like bunch of muscles. And he on purpose gained something like a hundred pounds in oh, the course wow. of six months, like got almost obese. Kind of like supersized me. And then, of. yeah, and he's never, and he's never been unhealthy. So uh, it was really hard for him. And then he went exactly the other, other way and got fit again. And just like, he said he was able to, was able to relate in completely different ways, you know, because yeah. when you're overweight, like, which I've, I've never been overweight, but like he says it was just difficult to do certain things. He didn't realize yeah. that, you know, just like the flywheel is in a positive direction when you're fit, like I feel good, uh, I want to eat good. It can well, go the other way. Even something as simple as meal prep, and I, I tell people this all the time, it's unbelievable that when you're not meal prepping and you're like, I don't how there it just takes too much time. I don't have time to buy all the healthy foods. You gotta put all the stuff together. I don't have space. And then once you just like with lifting weights, it's hard at first, and then you you know, you learn how to do it and you keep at it. It becomes easier. Then eventually at some point you're like, I, I can't live without doing mm-hmm. it. It saves so much time. I feel so much better. I'm so much more organized. So it's little things like, and you know, just like you said with 
you know, you gain a bunch of weight and it's like kind of the old, you know, I'm unhappy because I'm fat. I'm fat because I'm unhappy kind of. It's like Austin Bowers. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, you get stuck in that and it's kind of a rut, which you wouldn't call it a rut when you're in a positive way. But, you know, you get into these things of the same thing over and over again. And as you know, you know, once you get in that rhythm of working out and meal prepping, you feel better and you, but you can't, and the tough thing is not letting yourself get out of that and have a day, but keep it, you know, keep the ball rolling. Yeah. We, I kind of call that as almost like inertia, right? Like when an object starts moving, it's super hard to get that heavy boulder moving. Yeah. But once it's moving, (laughs) then you're fine. I mean, that's probably something that plagues me all the time is if we get a new patient or we get somebody who, who wants to start to work out or get healthier, it's just like, what is the best way for that individual to take that first step and that second step and that third step and et cetera. I mean, it's super hard. The person that figures that out obviously is going to be a millionaire. Yeah, I think the biggest, and I tell clients and people all the time that, you know, I can sit here and say, they'll ask, well, you know, what do you do? How do you stay in shape? Or, you know, what's the best exercise? Yeah. Always, like, right. You know, I can, t- I can tell you that. And just kind of using this as an example, if I tell you the rower, the rower is the greatest thing ever. It burns the most calories. It help burn. It works the most muscles, yada, 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 but you hate the rower. It's, it's kind of a mute point. So it's, you know, find something you enjoy, get uncomfortable while you're doing it and do it at least four times a week. Right. You know, you know, break a sweat that, you know, that sort of stuff. But like I said, if I tell you that it's something that you absolutely hate, you might do it for a little while. I mean, you can be a little stubborn, but eventually you're going to be like, okay, this isn't for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Willpower. Like no matter what. Right. Everyone's like, oh, you just need to have the discipline and the you willpower. Just push yourself. Yeah. And, that will work for a while, but yeah. that's not going to work for four years, for five years. Right. And even for those, some of those people who are that obsessive and they can do that, right. it's typically not a healthy thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's the other side of the coin yeah. too. Like, yeah, you can work. I mean, it's rare, but you yeah. can like, that can be too obsessive yeah, at some yeah. point Absolutely. for certain people. I mean, I had a um, previous podcast with somebody and it was really interesting and important. And you just echoed it is just the individualistic nature of, of what it means to be fit and healthy. Like it's very much like what works for you. There is no yeah. cookie cutter protocol. Well, and, that, and that's just it. Like I said, uh, you know, finding something that in you, uh, you see it with all the different, you know, meal plans and diets that are out there now. And that's probably, another whole podcast, but mm-hmm. you know, basically they come down to a calorie restriction, but it's what works for you. If you're the type of person that can eat nothing but meat on a carnivore diet and your, you know, your blood level is immaculate and everything's good, you know, knock yourself out. If plant-based is the way, then, you know, go, you know, it's just, I think you really have to go with what works with your lifestyle, what works with your personality, what works for the people that are in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you think carnivore diet and you live with a vegetarian, maybe that's not the best thing. Right. Right. But you know, it's yeah, probably not going to work you out. Know, <laughs> finding your, I don't want to, I hate using the phrase passive path of least re- resistance, but you know, you've got to find what works and you know, what's going to kind of make your lifestyle and make you happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, the big thing. Yeah. I do like a little bit of business coaching and I call it like creating an environment of success, you know, just saying like meal prep, right? Like oh, it's yeah. going to be really hard or a lot harder to mess up if you have seven days of meals 
planned out and put out for you. Like you're probably less likely to go get McDonald's. Right. You're probably less likely to snack on those things. Or, exactly. you know, my wife, um, we have this eternal battle because she can have like cookies in the fridge and not eat them. But you put cookies in the fridge, I'm going to eat all of them that day right. and they're, till they're gone. And I mean, before when I lived by myself, I just didn't have that stuff because yeah, I needed that barrier. That. Well, I think too, like a, 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 it kind of the same same scenario. My girlfriend has two uh, kids. One um, is well, they're both away at school. One is out of out of the Marines. One's finishing up at Clemson, and they come home to visit, and it's like all of a sudden there's Doritos and cookies and all this stuff in the house, and I'm like. If it's in a box, that's a serving size. I'm going to eat it all, like mm -hmm. you said. So it, it, I love seeing them, but it's like, okay, when are y'all going? <laughs> <laughs> right. I gotta get. I gotta get back to some, you know, semblance of normalcy here. Let's so. make this a short trip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, um, man, we want to rant quickly, but tell us a little bit about your like background. I'm always curious how people, you know, find the passion. Like 25 years, long time, and obviously continue to be in the fitness and health industry. Like. What drove that passion? How did you get started with that? That kind of thing. I would love to have a great story for you. <laughs> um, actually, I thought I was going to be a physical education teacher. Okay. Um, I was going through the program. Everything was going great. Um, it got to the point where I was getting ready to physically go into the program. And they're like, the way they worked the pro. I went to Radford University. They, um, they capped the program. So you have to have a 3.0 to get in the program. But if if the last person has a three, seven, then you need a three, seven to get in. So mm -hmm. I, I was going to have to wait another semester to basically to get in. And then there was some other thing with student teachers. There weren't enough advisors, you know, yada, yada, yada. So my advisor was like, have you thought about going into commercial fitness? I'm like, not really. They're like, would you like to run a gym? I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So I kind of changed my concentration and did the commercial fitness route and graduated on a somewhat normal timeline i never heard commercial fitness before. yeah I, mean, I get it but it's it's yeah well it's the, physical education was the degree and then the commercial fitness is like the concentration so you have okay. some business classes and stuff on facility management and that sort of cool. thing sure but um you know really i was you know finished finishing my last semester and i was like okay i got to get an internship because that's kind of part of the thing i was like i really still kind of didn't know what i was getting myself into i just knew i wanted to get i wanted to be done with school um as much as i enjoyed it and um went through the program did my internship and i had a a, a great um boss manager for, uh, during my internship um he was actually his son i swam with in college and and it Fortunately, right after that, my swim coach had introduced me to uh, a guy that worked for a health system and that had a wellness center. And he's like, hey, do you want to, you know, you know do you want to work for Jim? I was like, sure. You know, I'm going to stay in town for a while after I graduate. So I started working there just as kind of like a front desk person at a gym and enjoyed it. And I was like, OK, you know, there's going to got to be more to this than this than being a front um, desk and checking and, people in. And the tough thing too with the fitness industry is you're either the front desk person or you're the manager. There's not a ton of, you know, other options. There's not a corporate ladder there. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, it was, you know, coming close to Christmas time and the one trainer that was there was taking a vacation. She's like, do you want to take over my clients? I was like, I don't even, I mean, and keep it, uh, let's, kind of flashback that this is like 1991 personal mm -hmm. training wasn't like what you see today like it's everywhere and you know 
all kinds of things. So there was a time before that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I was like, Oh, well, what do I have to do? She, she's like, well, you know, you'll just take them through their, their workout and their exercises and, you know, write everything down and then they'll pay you at the end. I was like, <laughs> ching, ching. It was That's like, pretty yeah, easy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can do that. So I did it for the week and, and loved it. So yeah. what did that, you love about it? Um, interacting with people, the final, you know, the financial aspect at the time, cause I, was, I can't even remember what I was making an hour at the time. And then, you know, you throw in, we'll say just 20 bucks an hour. That was, you know, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. So, uh, I worked there for a few years and then, um, my family's actually originally from the Charleston area and I just always wanted to live here. So, um, just kind of out of the blue said, peace out. I'm going to Charleston and came here and really didn't know what I want, kind of wanted, what I truly wanted to do. Um, and I had lifeguarded and been in aquatics all my life. So I, right. You see swim in college. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, uh, picked up some lifeguarding gigs when I first got here and then, um, actually t- had an interview with a, um, uh, the cardiology department at Roper and, was just talking to the guy and he's like, have you ever thought about getting your master's? And I was like, well, you know, not really. I was glad to be done with school. But this was, you know, basically two years later. So um, I was like, well, I was like, well, I'll look into it. So I went and I had thought had put in about to get my master's at Charleston Southern and some things just weren't kind of working out with that. And I happened to um, talk to the guys of the Citadel and they were like, Hey, you know, we're, um, you know, we're looking, you know, we're looking for people to work for the MUSC uh, cardiac program. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that would be cool. And so it, it just kind of everything kind of fell into place to get my master's there and work with the um, cardiac department there. And what'd you do at the cardiac department? Doing, um, working with a lot of po- uh, post event people. So um, just taking them through exercises, having them hooked up on EKGs, making sure that they're, um, you know, everything's copacetic. Yeah. That sort Cause of they have like phases. I mean, we, we took cardiac rehab. My uh, doc, you know, my uh, yeah. professor would kill me, but like, you know, it was like a phase three and that was mainly like outpatient. You just got in there and you just, yeah, you basically know. this was like phase three and phase four. So yeah, just getting back to like walking. People for 10, are kind of, yeah, right? they're, they're, I wouldn't say far along, but there are much further along than one and two. So, yep. um, and the, um, we were very fortunate. We didn't never had any major issues or events or anything like that. But yeah, it was that was a lot. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, you know, of course, nine times out of ten, it's an older population, and they they were just and it was so funny. You would have these group of guys that would come in. This is like six o'clock in the morning. They do their little exercises. They walk around gym, and I would actually leave there, run home, and then go to a, a regular job job during the day mm-hmm. and I would always see their cars parked at well, it was Alex's breakfast place. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you just got done <laughs> and now we're gonna <laughs> exercise and now you're yeah. going to have eggs and bacon. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I did that for a while and then I had a short stint um, working for a cell phone company, but still doing kind of some training stuff on the side, um, finishing up my master's. And then Around the time I was finishing my master's is when I started at Daniel Island uh, Country Club, um, basically doing running their fitness center and pools. Um, and it's you know crazy how much that's um, just exploded. Yeah. And like I said before, it was you came over here and you're like, oh, who's going to live out here? And now it's just you know buildings everywhere. So, but it's great to see how well they've done. 
Um, but yeah, spent 10 years, uh, uh, close to 10 years there. And then just like we talked about before, I, the kind of the stress of, um, not just personal training, but, you know, managing those facilities and, um, providing a high level of service and that sort of thing. It was you were just, more managing then. You were doing a lot of personal training. Um, a little bit of mix, a little both. bit of both. Um, you know, it's, um, not to get into the, like whatever about it, but yeah, you, you're, you want to try to do as much personal training as you can to, to, you know, to fill the need. And also from a financial standpoint, but also to your, you know, you have other obligations, so you can't, um, the yeah, main job is managing that. everything. Yeah. So, so when did you get into the kind of fitness, what'd you call it? Like fitness shows? Fitness, like, yeah, I did. I want to say in 2000, uh, 2008, I did my first show and that was really, that was kind of more of a, Hey, I need to lose some weight. And you know, so when people train for a marathon, so, they yeah. can also train for, cause I don't know much about it. I know some people that yeah, do. It's, but and really, really the marathon thing is a good analogy because it's really, truly like something you, you have to be focused on. It's a daily, like, okay, how, you know, how many miles am I going to run today? Yeah. Or, what are your goals there? Like obviously with marathon training, it's like, all right, I need to increase my mileage to let's call it 20 miles. So I know that I can get to 26. The day yeah. of the event. A, like, lot, a lot of it is looking in the mirror and in ha- yourself and, and having somebody kind of be like, okay, you're, you know, a lot, a lot of it's so much about symmetry. So are your, like learning the are your shoulders big enough to, are they, you know, they too big for your arms or your, you know, your calves too big for your quads. And, and then the, you change your training based off the size of certain yeah. muscles and be like, I'm going to train less calves. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, interesting. I don't think it's ever trained less calves, but yeah, it's, yeah. A, there's a lot of that where you're like, you know, you know, and, and just like we were talking about before, about everybody's a little different. Like I knew I didn't necessarily have to, and I didn't really have to train my legs as hard. Um, versus somebody else that like you know they may not have to train their biceps as hard because they just grow a little bit yeah faster than other body parts what were some like let's call it just techniques or um yeah techniques is a good word like that you use to kind of like for muscle growth or hypertrophy or like when we were doing that stuff like yeah, i think the big the biggest thing is just keep and really focusing on time under tension um making sure you're squeezing the muscle that it's, it's not, I mean, it is about the weight, but it's not about the weight. Like if you're, if you're just throwing up a hundred pound dumbbells of whatever exercise you're, you know, you're not, you're not recruiting the muscle like you need to, to build the muscle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you taking the time to really just like, you know, so that when you flex that you're, you're flexing those muscles when you lift. And I think sometimes a lot of folks, they miss out on that. Like if you're doing a bicep curl, squeeze it like you're flexing your muscle. Don't just move the weight up and down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know. There's a, um, a new study that came out that I thought was pretty interesting and it, it seems intuitive, but like to, to get hypertrophy muscle, muscle growth, you can do that basically with any, any weight, as long as you go to fatigue. Right. So right. like, let's say you have three pound weights, like it's going to take, hundreds of reps right let's call a shoulder press to do that at 20 30 pounds it may take 20 30 reps like as long as you're going to muscle fatigue which right. is true muscle fatigue right. not like cardiovascular fatigue or like yeah like that muscle gets fatigued where you focus on it yeah. you're doing like there's so much to be said about that where people kind of forget that like yes strength and hypertrophy may be easier but arguably not necessarily right you know if it's heavier weight oh absolutely and like i said if 
I love, and typically you'll hear, um, I guess the nice bodybuilders or people that have been in doing it for a long time. I'd say meathead mentality, um, is heavyweight at high reps. And I'm like, well, if it's a heavyweight, it can't be high reps because then it's not heavy anymore. Yeah. You know, define heavy. Then it's not exactly, heavy for you right, anymore. Exactly. They're like, it. oh, I can, I can bench 500 pounds. Well, if you can do it 10 times, then that doesn't, I mean, that's impressive, but yeah. Um, it really, it, you're not putting yourself at, you know, the, the one rep failure that you're, you know, really trying to talk about if you're talking about heavyweight for yourself. So yeah. I always find that difficult too, especially people who are just starting out and arguably people starting out probably shouldn't go to true fatigue anyway, but like getting people to that point where like they really, at whatever weight it is, they really get to the point where muscle growth can happen. I feel like that's really, really hard for those people to get to. Perceived um, exertion is a, like, is like you said, getting uncomfortable is, 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 is a finicky beast because what's uncomfortable for you might be not. Right. Hence the word perceived. Like right. it's not really, there's no, this sliding scale well and I, you, you know talking about the different like boutique fitness type places and a lot not just that but a lot of places have gone to heart rate monitors and you know these zones some of, sort of objective data where right your emotions and your perception and be you'll see people that they're like oh i'm at you know i'm at 84 percent. i'm dying yeah and you'll have somebody else that's at 103 and they're like oh i'm working hard but i'm still going yeah so it's you know yeah, like it's very, you know, are you really pushing yourself? But there's so many. But like factors. you said, yeah, I mean, you and that being a personal trainer, I mean that that's part of the game is knowing the personality of your of your client and how you can talk to them. Can you be a boot camp instructor and say, hey, drop down and give me twenty, or is it okay? Okay, Linda, you know, take it easy. We're gonna, you know, it's not so bad, and you know. Oh yeah. Be nice to them versus the ones that you can, you know, beat down and they get better from it. Yeah. So there's so many analogies between coaches, personal trainers, what have you, fitness industry and, and physical therapy and, and oh, what we do as far as the health industry. And that's a big one. Like let's call it same thing for a patient, like for them to get better, we know they need to do some progressive load. So those muscles and those bones can get stronger. Again, no rant needed, but like a lot of that is unfortunately lost on the physical therapy profession. Like we forget about those transformation right. principles. But anyway, let's just assume that we're doing that. It's really hard to teach somebody to do that and do it in the right way because you know what matters is getting that initial response at the that appointment, yeah. but making sure you don't do it too much that you're never gonna see that a person again, right? And then they quit. It's the same thing. Like if you crush somebody on their first workout, oh, they're gonna be so sore they're never gonna come back to you. But if you do nothing on their workout, or nothing in their rehab, then I got no results. Why am I going to stick right. with you? So well, and the, and the flip side of that again is you get the, the people that they're not sore from that first workout, and they're like, "Well, we didn't really do anything." Like, oh, yeah. So you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't sore it. But yeah, it's um, that's always a, a a tough um a tough thing to kind of get through is is that first you know that first consultation, kind of figuring out what people want and need. And are, are, you know, what are they willing to sacrifice? Are they willing to give up the cookies at night or the ice cream or, you know, f you know, for the person who's overweight to the person that is in shape and maybe wants to do a show or wants to have a six pack for a vacation? 
Are you willing to eat fish and asparagus every day? You know, you know, what are you willing to do to get Mm -hmm. to where you want to go? And that's a, you know, I ask clients that all the time that, you know, I understand you want to be fitter and that's great. Um, I understand you want to be at a certain weight. What do you, you know, what are you willing to change? And is the weight number really the, is is that really the motivator or is it, you want to be in a smaller pant size or, you know, don't hang everything on that weight on the scale. Mm -hmm. That's not something we focus on a ton. And it's just interesting that you kind of say that, which, which maybe almost even from a rehab perspective, we should, it's like, let's think about these superficial, let's just be honest kind of things as opposed to we focus so much on like, Hey, do you want to be healthy long-term? Do you want to like, you know, not be trapped in your own body essentially when you're 80 and 90 and be able to move around. But like that matters, that longevity kind of thing, of course matters and should be the long-term goal. But you know, what's going to motivate somebody sometimes to not to eat, like you said, fish and asparagus every day. It's going to be, I want a six pack for my trip, right. my vacation. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of dangling. That now you're, you're going to get, what's this fish and asparagus diet? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Does it matter start eating that? Yeah. Yes. That's actually the only way to get that's healthy. That's the only way to get healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody else posted, actually, um, Kyle, who we, who we just previously talked about, he, um, I forgot exactly what he posted, but it was, oh, it was like high intensity training, um, the overall theme, I'm going to summarize it me wrong, was like that it's not the only way that you can get fit, right? Because right. it's it's so much like it's in the – with CrossFit and boot camps and orange juice, high-intensity training. Like this is what we need to do. Not every single workout, that's what it was, right. needs to be intense in order to be effective, right? Well, and I've heard a lot of people too that they, they, see, they see these boot camps and, you know, the, the F45s, the Arnest Theories and those types of exercises and – I think people get the the thought processes they're so intense, which they can be. So can water aerobics if you push yourself. Mm-hmm. But there's just that mentality of, oh, it's just water aerobics. It's not that it's not that difficult. If you get in there and push yourself and add the resistance that you can add and not just kind of wave your arms through the water, it is a good workout. Yeah. Same thing with some of these other, you know, like I said, these heart rate monitored classes that you can go through those and, you know, be in the blue and green zones and not do anything and get very little out of it, just like you would a water aerobics class that you didn't put any intensity into. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a the biggest thing, like like we talked about before, getting uncomfortable. To whatever point, you choose. Yeah. yeah that yeah. you enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can do anything, right? Like that's the thing. You can make it also uncomfortable in many different ways. Right. High intensity is obviously shorter duration, higher intensity. You can make it longer duration. You can make it, you know, I just, I walk my kids to school. It's not a very hard thing for me to do, right? It's not very intense, not a workout, but like my daughter, who's four years old, decided that I needed to carry her from point A to point B the entire time. I got a cup of coffee in one hand. So it's just basically a bicep curl. And like, I am sweating by the end. It's extremely uncomfortable, you know, and there's my, you know, there's my workout for the day. You know, you can, you know, make anything really uncomfortable um okay so did you do anything else like so you did the 10 years at di you're doing more personal training yeah i've I've worked i've worked at the i worked at the ymca in somerville for about three years just doing personal training why are ymcas not a thing and like everyone comes from up north like where are your ymcas i'm like it's not a thing here. Like, yeah. like I can go get a YMCA for five bucks a month and get my, uh, yeah, I don't know. Workout. And it's interesting. I, I, there is one that's opening up. Um, 
in Somerville in the Cane oh, Bay man. area. Dude, I saw that. There was a huge uproar. I don't know if you heard this. Oh. Because they're going to charge 60 bucks a month. Oh, wow. And everyone was like, that's way too expensive. I'm never going to pay that. Which, in one grand I understand, and the other grand it's like, all right, 60 bucks to change the way your whole body feels. And, yeah. You know, and get a healthier view. Yeah, price, like, prices of fitness, uh, we could probably talk about for a long yeah. time. It's it, it, it really bugs me that I'll hear people say, well, I can't afford to go to the gym. Well, there's at least one gym that costs 10 bucks a month and it's 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, can you still say that nowadays? It's like, man, it I'm is like, dirt I'm like, cheap. come on. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, and that's just saying that you're going to join a gym. I mean, you know, far be it for me that you can sit here and just do some squats and some jumping sure. tracks. And, yeah, and and like Herschel Walker, you literally but, run, you know, squat, push up. You know, even, you know, even for some of your, like a, the boutique fitness and CrossFit and those things that can cost a hundred dollars a month, you know, and I, again, they'll say, well, I can't afford it, but then you'll see on social media that they're out having drinks. or they're out to dinner and I'm like, okay, I get, do your thing. Yeah. But don't say you can't, if you need, if you need to work out and you need to get healthy, right. Don't tell me you can't afford it when you're doing all these things that are kind of counterintuitive to your goal <laughs> right? or what should be your goal. Right. I guess it's all about like that kind of perceived value. And, and are you going to put um, your time and attention on that one right. thing? Well, yeah. and I've always said, you know, at least for me, I, I'm, I can't speak for everybody, but I know when I spend a little bit more on my fitness, I'm a little bit more apt to do it. Like I think part of, you know, planet fitness or any of these other gyms that just charge 10 or 15, $20 a month is that when you don't go, you don't feel guilty. You're like, oh, it's, it's a few bucks, big deal. Well, they're still making their, yeah. they're still getting their money for it. So yeah, yeah, no, that's um, that hidden benefit. Man. And then they're like, ah, oh, well, I'm, it's just too much trouble to cancel, so I'll just, I might go. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, the accountability aspect is right. huge, and I think unfortunately that's probably why, you know, I'm, I'm not a uh, macro economics professor or <laughs> microeconomics, but. Places like Planet Fitness can charge ten bucks a month, unfortunately, because oh, yeah. so many people do it and never show up. So they they have to make their profit somehow. There's no well, way. Yeah, the whole shows up goes like. I mean, truly, truly, the whole business model for a gym, um, certainly big box gyms, is that they're counting on people not to use their water. What do you think that percentage book. is? Fifty percent, forty percent. If you had to just like throw a guess, I'm really curious. Uh, I would say it's probably in the 25% range. Okay. I don't think it'd be that high. Um, I mean, maybe a little lower, but yeah, I, th I, th I think for some of the bigger box gyms, it's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if you get to some of the smaller ones, um, but again, when you go to the smaller ones, the price goes up. So people are a little bit more apt to go yeah. or uh -huh. a little bit more apt to cancel quicker. Yeah. Um, at, at 10 or 20 bucks a month, it's like some people probably don't notice that from their account so they're like right eh, you know and forget they even their members and they're like oh yeah that's um, why i get i think one thing the crossfit kind of got right is like we're pretty expensive like yeah 100 no. bucks or plus comes out of your account you better go <laughs> you're gonna, yeah you're gonna notice it and you're gonna be like crap i'm not gonna let that happen yeah. again well and the thing i like the, the thing i truly like about crossfit and you know not even being what you know what you actually do within the classes um, or some of these other class um, type fitness things 
is it builds a community and it, it builds. Oh, yeah. And with social media now, I mean, I can't count how many times, you know, I'll get called out. Like if I've missed one day, Hey, where were you? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. We've had few CrossFit gym owners on the podcast and by far. I've said that is the like talk about accountability. It's sure. Awesome. Financial, but like it, does not compare to peer pressure. No, it's it's huge. You know, um, like yeah, you didn't show up today, like, or you're not going to push yourself. Like, yeah. that's just one thing they got. Well, and that's the right. the one thing that is almost I don't, don't want to say a negative, but I feel like a lot of times when you go, it's always competitive. Which yeah. it's good to compete, but you can't compete every right every day. You're not supposed to work at a hundred percent capacity. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, you're like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to take it easy today." And everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Or it happens to be a fun, you know, and certainly yeah. with CrossFit, you know, you'll have days where there's certain workouts that are like, "Oh, you know, and it's supposed to be an easy day and then you come in like, "Oh, it's Fran. I want to want to kill this one." Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's got to be some that flow to that. Right. And some of that's the programming too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. the coaches. Yeah, I've I've found that too that I've seen a lot of um you know, a lot of the places that, and, you know, whoever they're you know, up, way up the corporate ladder that there's a lot of, and with CrossFit and all those guys that they do a really good job of like how they kind of stack workouts and how they put those together. And it's not just like, Oh, here's a, you know, here you go. It's not literally a lot. There's some, you know, some thought process and, you know, how things are, are broken down and, you know, and that's, man, it's good for everybody. It, yeah. And it keeps, keeps the workouts fresh. It's, you know, you're not killing one particular body part so that at the end of the week, you're like, oh, I can't walk, you know, yeah. so. so. Again, just like rolling back seems to be the theme of what we're talking today, but like at least in my own brain, maybe it's from my week, but like the analogies between, again, the fitness community and personal training and what, what, what I'm trying to do, honestly, at A to Move is like, A, creating a little bit of a community, B, giving people a little more financial incentive in order mm-hmm. to, to get better, right? Because right. like your health, just like your fitness is an investment as well, right? Like right. if I'm going to put money into my rehab or I'm going to put money into being healthy, I'm going to be way more incentivized to be healthy. Right. And if I'm, if that's not the case, then, you know, yeah. I'm definitely not going to be as well, incentivized. It's just, it's just, I think too, like, black and white. I think too, I've, I've seen with, you know, the, like my parents and the, the those generations that, you know, I think a lot of the thought process as well, you know, we're going to die anyway, so I might as well do what I enjoy. I'm like, well, but if you're cutting your life off by five or 10 years, and not just because you're not going to live longer, but because you're not going to be able to do yeah. the things you want to do. Like, yeah. you're going to be hunched over. You're going to be too tired to do anything. I flip that over on everybody who does right. that. I'm saying literally, actually, it's the exact opposite. Right. It's actually more important right now than it was ever before. Yeah. Because well, you want to enjoy your life. And like, I, that was one of the, I, I'll never forget, it, uh, it was one of my final classes in, in undergrad. And one of the professors said the, the problem that we're going to have in 20 plus years is that nothing, and certainly do have our health problems, but you're going to have a healthier, older population that's going to want to do more. And you're, we're going to have to have more fitness classes that are geared towards not necessarily an elderly population, but an older active population. So they're going to be older, but they're going to want to do active type things. Yeah. Not oh, the just, aging athlete is yeah. what I like to say. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, and that was always something I was like, oh, that, you know, that's pretty interesting. And now I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. 
but we certainly still have the people that are like, well, I'm going to die anyway. So I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm going to eat and drink what I want. I'm the like, world is a bell curve, right? Yeah, like oh, you're just going to have people on the bottom. You're going to have people at the top and you're going to have all those people in between. It's like, yeah. there's never going to be this. Well, I love hearing the, my grandmother lived to be 99 and she ate bacon and drank beer. and I'm Smoked like, a pack a day. I'm like, yeah, there's genetic anomalies that there's that one person that's, you know, kind of out there. You have the 30 year old, unfortunately, that, you know, runs the bridge and dies of a heart attack and was perfectly healthy. You know, 100%. Yeah. And then stuff and, happens. And again, people want to package that, like not. In the that that's everybody. That, yeah. Like that's a totally, it was a, it's a totally different world now than it was when your grandmother was, right. you know, you know, much probably like what I call incidental exercise. She did. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. she was just moving her body the entire, now you can literally sit in your house and probably never get off your chair and eat. Yeah. Sleep like shop. Just, yeah, I mean everything can be yeah. delivered. I mean yeah. you can you can be in contact with everybody. Yeah, you can like carry your milk or your groceries or walk five six yeah. miles a day. So well, it's and this you know, is it's just it, this is kind of off the the fitness part of it. But uh, listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk stuff, and you oh, know, yeah. he makes the comment. He's like, he talks about how oh back in the day, you know, we were so sh- or you know kids were social. You know, they went out and they played, and they, well actually kids are more social now because they have so much interaction through social media. And he's like, but he's like, then I could go to the mall. I could have told Billy in school, I'm going to meet him at the mall. Billy never shows up. I go home. I don't know what's happened to Billy. Now at least I have a cell phone. I can like text and call yeah. and do those sorts of things. So there's pros and cons to everything. I, there was a really interesting, um, like picture or meme, whatever you call it or something. I don't remember. And it was one and it was like, you know, let's call it 1932 and it was a picture of people like on a train and you know, 2018 and everyone's on their cell phone, just staring down. But then the picture and it, everyone was looking at a newspaper. Right. So it was like almost exactly uh, similar, which I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like ball that all in, but like, no, you know, there's pros and cons kind uh, of to everything. And I've had a well, many definitely this, the cell phone definitely is an, an attention getter. I mean, obviously, but, um, but yeah, I, as much as I, I, I think it's just perspective. I was yeah. like, you know, it's the same but different. Yeah, so. and I mean, there's no doubt, you know, caveat here that we should be limiting our amount of screen time to a certain percentage and just staring at a phone all day is definitely uh-huh. not healthy for you. And yes, you should get outside. Yes, yes, you should move oh, your body. Absolutely. And, you know, don't just sit in front of the screen all day. But <laughs> at the same time, this that's the way the world's going. And guess what? Like, oh yeah, our kids. Yeah, are you can spend yeah, you, a lot you, of time. You, you can't ignore it. That's yeah. for sure. So. Um, social media. Okay, let's go through some Spitfire questions okay. um, real quick. And um, these are pretty generic. I throw these out everybody. First right. thing that comes to your mind, bam. All right. Throw it out there. <laughs> All right, Bo. But what are you best at? Talking to people. Talking to people. I would I would completely agree. <laughs> we could talk forever. Um, what do you suck at? Um, I'm really not good at speaking in public. It's or And maybe that's not, I'm not the worst at, but it's not something I enjoy. Yeah, like it's a presentation and yeah. people are all looking And I'm at sure I can make it look like I'm enjoying yeah. it enough, but behind the curtain, it's like... Yeah. I'm very similar. Crazy. I much more enjoy and get energy from one-on-one interactions than I do like being... A, well, I can I, do it, but... Just like the, because I have enjoyed doing one-on-one personal training and I've tried the group class thing and I think it's that same sort of uh, yeah. you know, feeling, so... Yeah. yeah, it's also just reps, man. I mean, right. reps if you've had people just exactly. talking to me, like... You know, 10, 12 years in the PT business, I've had a lot of one-on-one conversations. Oh, yeah. A lot. So, <laughs> uh, What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? 
I, we are, we've kind of talked about it. I, meal prep to me is just like the key. Like meal prep. Meal prep. If you can, and even from some aspects, even if it's not necessarily that healthy, if you can portion out your meals throughout a day, and then even from there, progressively make it healthier. Mm-hmm. It, I think that's just yeah. huge. Yeah. Almost, th- yeah. Yeah. It's just, or and I, you know, it's part organization, part, you know, nutrition. It just kind of makes your day go by yeah. better. I like that. And even in a broader sense, I'll take it one step, like bird's eye view is like creating that environment of success for yourself. Right. You know, like, well, and I just, that's I'm, the best thing you can do. Like I've, create, I've, told, yourself. I've told plenty of clients before I've even started working with them. I want you to take two weeks and I want you to treat your meal prep and your diet like it's your job. Yep. I said, you'll want to work out. And if you do, if you want to work out on your own, that's fine. But I said, I want you to, fo- if, if you have to pick, I want you to work on your food. Yeah. If you can get through that for two weeks, I guarantee you, you will feel better and you'll feel like working out versus if you're continuing to shovel crap in your body and then trying to outwork a bad diet, just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So much harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this segues into which we went on digress so many times is I ask everybody again, is your version of healthy? Like if you, you know, what's your definition of health? What's your definition of a healthy person? If you kind of pick, you know, mm. does that have to be cookie cutter? You know, we've kind of had all sorts. Yeah. I, I think I, I, one of my philosophies really is everything in moderation. Um, you know, be happy, you know, do what makes you happy. Like we talked about before, you know, eat the things that you enjoy, do the exercise that you enjoy, be happy about it. Don't necessarily. And of course there are going to be times where like you have the workout that you enjoy doing, but you just don't feel like yeah. going. You're still going to have to but sacrifice as you life. put it. Like what are you willing to sacrifice right. for your happiness? You know, and then there are, there are days that maybe, Hey, I, I should rest. I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think everything in moderation, you know, don't, you know, with the exception of like illicit drugs and smoking, uh, you know, yeah. Do what makes you happy. You yeah, yeah. do what makes you happy and you know, don't rule out anything. And, yeah. You know, it's very cool. smart about it. Yeah. All right. I got some fun ones. These are quick. All right. What's your walkout song? Uh, Panama by Van Halen. Oh, I like it. Very <laughs> nice. Um, if you weren't like a fitness professional, I guess we already kind of answered this, but maybe even if you weren't a PE teacher, okay. what do you think? Ralph, your life would have gone. I'd love to be a race car driver. I like it. <laughs> Technically a sport for yes, some people. Sort of. yeah. you know, but we'll let that one slide. Okay. What is the last TV show you watched? Ooh. Yeah, we have, uh Big Bang Theory. Okay. I'm yeah. a Big Bang Theory. It's about we're, to be done, right? We're a big Netflix and all the stuff streaming, so I, we, I just happened to catch that on the digital antenna lately. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah, we love to binge watch too. There's oh, no yeah. TV or DVR, you know, DVR uh, or Netflix is what we do now. Yeah. The last book you read? Um, I'm trying to think. I uh, unfortunately I'm not not a big reader, but I do listen to books. Okay. Um, Crushing it by Gary Vaynerchuk. I just finished it too. Yeah. I love that he goes off script on his audio. Oh, it's. It's, it's, it's like his podcast. It's yeah. He's very, yeah, I really enjoyed that yeah. one. 
Um, how can people find out more about you? I know you're still doing some stuff. Yeah, so um, tell them a little bit. Uh, bonosfitness.com is my website, and I think I have all my social. Everything's Bonos Fitness, so pretty much all my social media. Like Facebook. Bonos Mail. I mean, I just right. <laughs> but yeah, um, there was right around your time too, Bo Jackson. Oh yeah, well, and that was it's, it's funny talking about books. Like it took me forever to get through his book, not because it was bad, but just I have my attention span is just not yeah. great. But yeah, so that was in the early '90s, and I was a I played three different sports in high school and okay. that just kind of stuck and here we are. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks so much. So Bono's Fitness, look that up, Google it, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Very cool. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body's resilient, strong, and adaptable. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating, even a couple comments in there. I love getting comments and please share this information with your friends and family. Because believe it or not, you too can change people's lives. Yeah.